The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Welcome back to The Other Wrestling Show. Two weeks in a row where uh, I'm going to call that a streak. I'm not sure if it technically counts as a streak, but I'm calling it a streak. Um, especially because uh, it is highly likely that the streak will be broken next week because uh, I am moving this weekend. It's been a it's been a m- month of moving. I just I pretty much just got unpacked in like the last few days. So, Joel, I I, I don't envy you. Moving sucks. Yeah. Oh well. Fuck it. Let's do a show. I'm Joel. This is Mike, <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about tonight's episode of Dynamite in brief, and then we're going to have a quick conversation about Forbidden Door, and then I'm going to bed because I have to have it at five thirty tomorrow. So yeah, I'm using the lightning round drop as a mentality, as a mentality, Joel, that we get through this fucking show. All right, let's do it. Lightning round. Yo, Christian Cage mega heel oh kind of pulling in a little mjf your dad is dead on us this this was fantastic i i've been clamoring for heel uh christian for a while and i was a little confused at first because he he explained that he did this because he was still upset about a battle royal from a year ago (laughs) i'm like that seems petty but then as it went on i'm like oh okay that is what Christian's going to be. He's going to be this petty heel. He basically is big money Matt, but a better talker. Talking about how he's in it for the money and all this stuff. Um, I thought this was excellent. Just like classic heel promo, kind of touching all the bases you want from a heel. Joel, what'd you think of Christian's kind of explanation tonight on Dynamite? So, I mean, this was kind of the like family guy joke of heel promos. And I mean that in a good way mm-hmm. in that, he just kept repeating variations of the same <laughs> heel mentality over and over again. And it's like, it's great. And then it's like, okay, but he keeps saying the same thing, but then he keeps saying the same thing. And then it's great again. And I, I thought this promo was really fun. I couldn't believe the length that it went on for and just continued <laughs> to get worse and worse and worse in terms of the things he was saying and like the crowd just got more and more upset with him and like absolute masterclass like yeah he had the he had the crowd in the palm of his hands for this entire segment and it's funny because um my new apartment like my my girlfriend she has like a office space down at the end of the hall and my room's at the like the other end of the hall for you know recording and whatnot and she just hears me say oh fuck (laughs) come all the way (laughs) on the opposite side of the apartment when christian dropped a line about your dad your dad is dead you have a dad (laughs) but he's dead and it's a good thing he's dead because he'd be ashamed of you (laughs) like so that that's like four levels in four oh, lines of like just it's it's bad it's yeah. worse <laughs> it can get worse it's worse uh it, it's it's amazing too because we haven't really seen heel christian like this since the randy orton feud that was really kind of like for me the peak of his healness of his of his powers um so it's kind of nice seeing him back in this element 
And then it kind of got a little interesting at the end when Luchasaurus came out and he was about to beat the shit out of Christian. And I think he said, remember what happened to Marco? Like, I'm kind of curious what this is going to mean. I think Uh, he's going to try to pin Marco's disappearance on Jungle Boy. Maybe. But it was Jungle Boy's fault. And And I hope this means we get some more Marco. Maybe Marco can come and do a a spot where he gets just destroyed by Christian and his new Tyson Tomko, Luchasaurus. You know, what? however this goes down, I am intrigued. I think this this promo accomplished a lot of things. But in the spirit of true lightning round, as much as you would love to gush about Christian Cage, we must move on. We need to move Um, on. And I want to talk about the show open. We had uh, Brian Danielson come out and... Uh, hype up the crowd, talk about what's coming up on the pay-per-view, talk about what's coming up with Blood and Guts next week, and then reveal what a lot of us have been uh, suspecting for a little while, that he's hurt and unable to compete at either of those events. Uh, But that's where things got interesting, because he pointed out the fact that he came out of the bad guy tunnel and refused to tell us who his amazing, (laughs) awesome, incredible only person that I trust to get the job done person who will be replacing him in both the blood and guts match and the match with Zack Sabre Jr. And like, I I have thoughts. I have fantasy bookings, but I want to know who do you think this person is? Uh, Cesaro. Like I, I, Unless I can't really think of anyone who kind of would fit that, who would have kind of the history with him. And can you think of a wrestler who would fit the Black Bull Combat Club more than Cesaro? I can cast a no, I can't pronounce his real name. Claudio Castagnoli. Okay, we're going with Claudio. Can you imagine anyone who fits the Black Bull, Black Bull Combat Club like mantra better than him? Like, and I think it would kind of, you know, when you do have like a mystery opponent, like it has to be a big deal. Like it can't just mm-hmm. be, Oh, Hey, look, this guy from ring of honor, whatever. Like it has to be a name. And they mentioned that later in the show, that's going to be the newest member of the black Bull combat club. So mm-hmm. it seems like it's going to be a debut. It's someone they're signing. Um, so it seems like a big deal. And we haven't really seen or heard anything from Claudio since mm-hmm. he left WWE. So, I think this would just be a perfect fit. I think the match with Zack Sabre Jr. would be awesome. Um, oh, yeah. Like, seriously. And then to get him immediately into the Blood and Guts match mm-hmm. with all those guys, I, it's it's a, it's it's a match made in heaven. But was that he, you, who you were thinking, or did you have someone else in mind? I think that's the most obvious answer, uh, but there are a handful of other people who it could potentially be, and one that I think would be really interesting uh, wait, wait, would I be guess? Chris Hero. Damn, never mind. I, I was I was trying to play my Joel knowledge and I was going to make a guess, but Chris Hero would be good. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> I like, I'd like to see Chris Hero get to do something on a big stage that's cool. Like, he never really got to do anything in WWE. Uh, um, and he is tremendously talented, incredible technical wrestler, um, and absolutely fits the bill. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's available. I don't think he's contracted anywhere right now. Uh, so that would be an interesting one as well. Mike, who did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say Jonathan Gresham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Jonathan Gresham in the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, that would be incredible. But I think I think he is firmly 
busy with Ring of Honor mm-hmm. uh, stuff. I don't think we're going to well, see Jonathan I, Gresham I think at what this could be show. Cool is that Blackpool uh, with AEW owning or Tony Khan owning Ring of Honor, it could be an interpromotional faction. You know, kind of like how Bullet Club has worked, how Chaos has worked, how all the NJPW factions have worked. And, you know, I thought of Gresham as a possibility due to the kind of him talking about the technical prowess of Mm -hmm. his replacement. Um, And I, you know, if we're having our top three conversation of best technical wrestlers in the world, is it does include Danielson, Zack Sabre Jr. and Jonathan Gresham? (laughs) Like, like I can make an argument that that's the top three in any order. I think so, that's pretty fair. <laughs> yeah. So like, I think that it could be a, a great, even if it's just for these two matches, um, cause obviously there's not really much going on with ring of honor right now. Mm-hmm. We know he's under contract. We know he's going to be part of the new ring of honor. Whatever that is, will, that will be. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I, it's going to be fun. I think whoever's in this match, like I, Zach Sabre jr. Is one of the most <laughs> unique wrestlers in the world. Which is how mm-hmm. how he moves, how he transitions, uh, uh, holds, and everything. It's it's. I don't think he's capable of having a bad match with anyone AEW could put in there with him. I think he's the only body guy in wrestling who doesn't lift weights. And good for him. I wish I didn't have to lift weights. Lifting like, weights suck. Well, <laughs> it's not that he doesn't exercise, like. But he does. I, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't know. I, I obviously I don't know the guy, but what I've always heard <laughs> is that he only does like yoga and body weight exercises and like doesn't lift weights. And the dude is like has an incredible physique. He's crazy strong. And uh, yeah, to your point, he moves differently in the ring, which, as you know, is something I'm always a huge fan of. So mm-hmm. love to see Zack Sabre Jr. And he's someone that I would love to see do an extended stop in AEW just hang out for a while um and and have some cool programs because he's incredibly talented in the ring he's great on the mic mm-hmm. and i think he could have some really really great matches in AEW and uh yeah uh, in keeping with our our lightning round theme that we must move on mm-hmm. mike what do you have next there's one more thing i want to talk about before we get to our forbidden door preview and this is kind of going to connect to it but uh, let's talk about that Hangman Page Silas Young match just kind of out of nowhere earlier today with the announcement that Silas Young was going to be in AEW uh, tonight. And and Joel, I remember when you first got me into Ring of Honor and kind of following some of the indies, I remember that we saw like Silas Young work like three matches in two days at a Ring of Honor pay-per-view and uh, taping. And this guy is awesome. <laughs> he's just he's such a great wrestler he's also looks to be in really good shape too um some of the stuff he was doing tonight like i didn't know he was capable of doing the pinning out of the bridge you know Mm -hmm. thing uh so yeah just this was a really fun match these i think we might even seen hangman page and him wrestle at one of those shows like that might have been possible uh the match that i remember is his match with jay lethal um that we saw and that was the match where Jay Lethal ended up uh, getting, I forget exactly how it went down, but the Beer City Bruiser put a keg on Jay Lethal yes. and then Silas Young does splash onto it or something. Anyway, it put Jay Lethal out of action. And then at the TV taping, we were treated oh, to yeah. like five weeks worth of 
vignettes, which I then later watched on television of Silas Young and the Beer City Bruiser coming out with a sign that said, it's been this many days since Jay Lethal has been seen on ROH television, uh, which was so fun because like when you go to the taping, <laughs> you get to see the entire five weeks of storyline play out. Dude, so, that was like that a was WrestleMania really at how long that day was. <laughs> like we didn't eat, we didn't bring any food. There was only like cheap, cheap like concession stands. I just, oh, that was such a long day. I don't <laughs> think either fun. of us expected the TV taping to be like five hours long. No, like it was so long. Um, anywho, uh, how this connects to the Forbidden Door is that after the match, uh, Adam Cole and Jay White started beating down on Hangman Page and Joel. The coins dropped. We got Okada. We got Okada. And I don't think this is an exaggeration. This whole pay-per-view feels different now that Okada is confirmed and on the card. Like Absolutely. I mean, all respect to Ace Tanahashi, but he's not the number one guy in the company anymore. All respect to Jay White. He's not the number one guy in the company. Okada is the number one guy in the company. And it's it's pretty inarguable at this point. So, you know, he, he's been sustained at the top. Biggest deal, biggest draw. And the guy that you want to see the most. So, like, yeah, it's a really big deal. And I didn't buy any of the Okada's not going to be there mm-hmm. stuff that we had heard Uh it's you know it's silly to have a cross-brand pay-per-view and not have the biggest names on that show um so yeah really exciting and then we got the announcement later on that this is going to be a fatal four-way match for the iwgp heavyweight championship holy shit (laughs) yeah um joel you said that earlier that this was an AEW pay-per-view with NJPW, NJPW talent. It's got some NJPW love in it with multi-man matches all over the place. <laughs> like That's certainly like, true. Like, I remember when you first showed me an NJP, NJPW pay-per-view, I'm like, dude, there's like five eight-man tags on this card. What's going on? Um, it's true. They do find a way in, to make it happen. But they work those matches differently, too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that AEW has borrowed uh, from the experience of all their talent who have gone over to Japan. Uh, that influence is definitely there because when we see AEW do 10-man matches, 8-man matches, it doesn't look like the other wrestling company. It looks more like what you see either in Mexico or, or in, in Japan. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, before we really dive into this, why don't we just kind of, unless there's anything else from Dynamite you want to touch on, we can kind of transition into the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Um, just really review. quickly, um, I really dug the... Um, Marina Shafir and Tony Storm match. I thought mm-hmm. it was really good. And I think this was the best showing that we've gotten from Marina Shafir so far. I think she's starting to figure out like how to adapt her style, um, which is kind of the deliberate MMA a la Shayna Baszler into what the AEW presentation demands, which is a little bit more fast paced, a little bit more action oriented. And uh, we're kind of seeing her evolve her style in real time. And obviously being out there with someone like Tony Storm, you're going to look better. Um, I also thought that Nyla Rose looks to be in killer shape. Uh, She was out at ringside and got involved in the post-match stuff. And she looks fantastic and uh, really excited to see her do some more stuff on TV. Because I know she's been doing a lot on uh, Dark and Elevation. Mm -hmm. So. 
N- Nyla Rose is the new team Taz for me. She's never going to win anything <laughs> until something happens. Like I just, I'm, it's, it's hard to like take the big show, right? Maybe the big show, but because the big show also didn't like very rarely won big matches, like, but he always could, right? Like the big show is somebody who you, you could have them win at any given time. And we, and we saw that over the years where it's like, Oh, big show is going to randomly win the U S championship or big show is going to randomly mm-hmm. win the heavyweight championship. And these things happen. Um, and it's, you know, often was a transitional thing and he would drop the belt later on, but you know, it had some memorable runs in there too. And I think neither Rose is more in that category in, in how she's been used thus far mm-hmm. in AEW. And with Shafir, I think, I feel like she kind of needs to be like a, a, a muscle, a lackey right now. Um, cause Man, if you want to talk about like fans reacting to things, there was no reaction for Shafir when she came out. And it's been like that pretty much every time she's been on TV, unfortunately. And I and I'm not hating on her. It's just more the fact that like once again, like we're seeing her very rarely on television and then they present her in these big matches on TV. We're like, why are we supposed to care about her? And at least tonight the match was good. Um, But like her match with Jade, I'm like, I have. I really don't even care about this at the moment. Like you have to give us a reason to care. I know you did. I know you did. It wasn't like, it wasn't bad, but it's just, it's, you have to give us a reason to care about Shafir. And I think, you know, teaming her with Nyla Rose is probably a a good plan, especially if there's no Vicky screaming at us because Nyla can talk. Nyla is, you know, like you said, she's the big show, which is a credible threat to anyone on the roster. Maybe they won't win, but credible threat. You just have to give us a reason to care about her and like to get invested. And right now it's just hard because there's, they're not really giving us anything outside of the ring to work with. And this is wrestling. You got to have something outside the ring. Well, way to take me trying to be positive about something. Sorry. And turn it sorry. Into a I, no, I just, I, I, I feel like they're putting her in a position where she's, it's like, it's almost a, like a, a zero, like it's a lose, lose situation for her. Um, because, like she's not getting a reaction from the crowd when she comes out that alone can prevent well, I think her music is going to go. I think that definitely hurts. Like the strings are kind of cool, but like if we don't already care about somebody, that's not going to make you hyped up. It's not going to get a reaction. And it's something that's so like nonspecific that you forget whose music it is until you see the name yeah, on it's, the tron it's not like or, it's not like wardlow's you know. symphony that he comes out not wardlow um frick nxt uk main roster they changed his name to something dumb who am i thinking of walter oh, walter. walter like walter's music is very recognizable well yeah i mean that's one of the most famous pieces no, of but classical like, music ever but that's the thing if you're using classical music it ca- it has to come with a punch all right it can't be this yeah. kind of soft strings thing that they're doing like danielson with flight of the valkyries you know that's recognizable it gets to the mm-hmm. point you know so i i honestly like it could be something where maybe you take her off tv for a few months let repackage her or something or have to continue work and, and train or get a character or something i think being more visible is actually a, a good thing here um i think more exposure is is a positive because like, A, she needs more reps on TV. Like, that's a big part of it. Um, but anyway, we've spent more time than I expected <laughs> on this topic. Let's move on. All right. Moving on to the card. So I, why don't we just run through some of these matches and 
kind of give our thoughts on these. Uh, did you see the the graphic for the Darby Allen Sting and Shingo and Hiromu <laughs> name? They're dudes with attitudes. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I. I <laughs> That that really this is this is kind of a feels like a classic NJPW style multi-man match where you have kind of different feuds going on and you put all the combatants in one. Um this should be fun. I am excited to see like the young bucks back at Bullet Club for one night. I kinda hope they really lean into it with the gear, the entrance, all of that. Um I really hope we get a lot of streamers for this show. Like I feel like they should ensure that people in the front row have streamers for this. It'd be cool um, if they came out to their old, like Bullet Club music mm-hmm. instead of, you know, coming out to Super Kick Party because like the whole point of them creating that was so that they had music that they owned the licensing to. Yeah. Um, and when you're working with the company that owns the music that you used to come out to, yeah. seems like this would be a good opportunity to play for some nostalgia. So that would be fun. Yeah, and I, I, th- I think this should be be a fun match. Um. No, we've seen Hakaleo a few times in AEW before, so there's not really kind of the mystique around that. But I have seen El Fantasmo before, and anything Los... I can never pronounce it. Los Ignorables. Los Ingobernables. Yes. Uh, it's always going to be fun. Are you, side note, Naito. Kind of bummed that nowhere to be found on this show. Wonder if they I just, mean, you know... Naito skipping the interpromotional pay-per-view is the most Naito thing imaginable. So <laughs> not I mean, surprised. True, true, true. So um anything to say about this, Joel? It, it should be a pretty fun popcorny tag tag team type of match. I just feel like there needs to be like a Tenzan or a Hanma or somebody on the other team to like do some old man bumping with Sting. I mean we know that Sting bumps like he's 30, so I, I think he, he's going to be fine. Yeah, well, and, and then, well, Honma, he does the whole Kokeshi um, headbutt, the same thing that Maki Ito does. Mm-hmm. And he's an old man. So, like, it's an old man headbutting the mat, like, sideways. <laughs> uh, if you have, if you're not familiar with Honma and his uh, falling headbutt in the middle of the ring, like, look it up. It's It's good okay. for a laugh. And it always gets a big reaction from the crowd. So <laughs> I think I've mentioned before one of the things about I wish they would have done better about this pay-per-view build is just giving us little video packages of some of the people that they're including in these matches. Cause unfortunately you just named a few people that I couldn't tell you who they are. Cause you know, I don't I don't have as much of a history with NJPW as you do. Um and just some sort of like intro to, like how doing a Taz session where he breaks down some of these guys, I think could be very helpful. Even if it's not on TV, just throw them on Twitter, throw them on YouTube. Um, I think that could be good to help kind of educate the American audience of who these guys are. Cause I feel they kind of take for granted that we know who everyone is. Well, so, I mean, that could be a, like, and as, as stupid and screwy as this is, this could be a TV Asahi problem because they are very litigious about their clips. Like, I don't know Mm. if you're aware of this, but like basically anything that you post that's a video or even a screenshot of NJPW stuff can get you flagged and get strikes on your YouTube account or whatever. So like they're incredibly aggressive about that stuff. 
I mean, it uh, feels so that like they have though, something like, to do with it. If they're having a partnership for a show like this, because we've we've seen NJPW clips on Dynamite before. Yeah, it's they're weird about that stuff. Like, okay. uh, I'm not saying that's what's going on, but it is a possibility, and it may have been just an obnoxious thing to try to work out that they decided, okay, let's just scrap that and not deal mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. Also, right, well, most it- of the clips that they've shown have been from like uh, DDT and All Japan and mm. non-NJPW Japanese wrestling. <laughs> well, so. That's annoying. All right, well, let, let's let's move on. We already kind of talked about Zack Sabre Jr. versus the opponent of Danielson's choosing. So I think we can kind of skip that one for now. Um, I'm really interested in this three-way winner-takes-all tag team match between yes. FTR, United Empire, and Rapongi Vice. Um, just... The talent in this match is off the charts, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the, the one person in this match I don't know much about is Great Ocon. Mm-hmm. Um, we we just knew he fell name, in love right? with all the stuff in Las Vegas, right? Yeah, Great Ocon. Yeah, um, the, he he is a, a newer uh, person on the roster, not someone that I'm familiar with from when I was watching New Japan years ago. Um, but everybody else in this match, I have you know, history watching and I'm really excited to see what they put together. And it's kind of a, a classic collection. You've got a bigger guy, smaller guy tag team in uh, Rapongi Vice with Trent serving as the bigger guy. Mm-hmm. You have a Haas tag team and then you have FTR as like the, you know, contrasting uh, group. And I think this, there's a, a lot of potential for some really, really creative spots. And you know this match is going to be incredibly hard-hitting. I thought the six-man match tonight was incredible between Aussie Open mm. and, Osprey uh, and Orange Cassidy and friends. Yeah. So, like, this match, if it's anything like that, this match is going to be incredible. Yeah, and we've we've talked about how like big fans of Jeff Cobb we are like having him in a match with these guys. It's just gonna be able to throw people around <laughs> for 15, 20 minutes. Um, I think if we're looking at twenty twenty two for FTR, this is just another legacy building match for them. You know, they're the Ring of Honor champions, they're the Triple A champions. I I think if you're good, because you can't, you know, you have to have some titles change hands on this card. And I think FTR winning the IWGP uh, tag team championship would be really, really cool. And they seem like a team that could be down to go over to Japan for a handful of shows, defend those belts, potentially give them up. And also they could very easily take the belts off of the young bucks here soon and hold all four at the same time. Even if it's just for a week or two, I feel like that would be a really cool thing to be able to say FTR held the AEW Tag Team Championships, the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships, so on and so forth. Like that'd be a cool kind of Ultimo Dragon having all the belts on at once type of thing. <laughs> so that's what I hope happens. But I think that's uh-huh. what pretty much everyone is hoping for, unless you're one of those assholes out there who doesn't get FTR. And it's like, at this point, what is there to get? What is there not to, like? Yeah. Like they they kick ass. Like <laughs> that's, that's they're damn good wrestlers. 
They can do a hell of a promo when you need it. Like, I don't know what's not to like. I And I, yeah. I it took me a while. I did not really like at, when the revival first got together in NXT, when we watched that every week, I'm like, oh, they're fine. You know, oh, but they weren't they were never my low, favorite low prices. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> I bought now that F- stock long, long ago. <laughs> and now FTR rules the world. <laughs> so <laughs> any thoughts about this one before we move on? I mean, nothing we haven't already said. This is going to be really, really good. I do expect some outside interference. I think this match is going to be absolute chaos. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Let's move on to the weirdest tag match on this card. Les Sex Gods and Old Man Grandpa Energy Minoru Suzuki versus Eddie Kingston, Will Yuta and Shota Umino? Yeah, Shota Umino. Okay. Uh, uh, one, was that brawl at the end of the sh- night, tonight's show really necessary? Is anything necessary in pro wrestling? <laughs> I mean... I just, I just felt like it was so weird because not only were they just like not only just fighting outside the ring, like I'm pretty sure Will Yuta got like a thing of popcorn put on his head, but just for I Moxley mean, and Tanahashi to just awkwardly stand there poking each other in the chest. It was really oh, That was weird. my favorite part. That was my favorite part of it. It was like, we are above this. <laughs> this that is happening all around us. We are not a part of this. We are not going to acknowledge this. This has nothing to do with us. We are here doing our thing and everybody else can fuck off. <laughs> But thing is, Moxley is involved with all of that. Like he's been, oh, but he's not in the match. He's that's singularly true. focused on Tanahashi right now. Okay, and that's a good okay. Thing. So um, I, I think, and I we were texting about this earlier, and I, I'm still on the different flavors of ice cream uh, track with this segment. It's not for me, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was an like objectively bad segment. Just not what I like. And I know there are people out there who love that shit. So, you know, give the people what they want. I'm not always the people. That's fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think this match is going to be fine. You know, anytime I get to see Suzuki in the ring is is a positive. He, I think I've said this on the podcast. He's the scariest wrestler in the world. Like, he is so <laughs> fucking scary. Like, and you know what? Like, I'm I'm Filipino. You know, I have small, short Asian uncles. Like, he reminds me of all my Asian great uncles <laughs> when I was a kid. And you do not to mess with fucking my my tios, man. My my tios. You don't fuck with them. So um, I think I found, like, the reason for my Suzuki fear. But he's so fun. And I don't know much about uh, Shota, but I know that he's worked with Moxley a bit. Um during his yeah, first, so NGPW first run. went over, yeah, when Mox first went over, he had a match where he just beat the shit out of Shota Umino, <laughs> and then like picked him up and carried him backstage and cut a promo with like a dazed and and you know brow beaten Umino like draped over his shoulders, and he would occasionally like hold the mic up to Umino who wouldn't say anything, and then Moxley would carry on with his promo. He kind of <laughs> adopted him as like his young boy for the rest of his time in the G one and stuff. Um, so it was a really fun thing uh, during a really fun G one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like that's really cool. I'm glad that they're tying back around to that, and I'm excited to see like how he has developed. Uh, because mm-hmm. he was a young boy then and he's not anymore. And um, the spot that they put him in where they had him run out during this brawl was a big spot. So yeah. I think that is telling as to how 
he's gone up in the estimation of fans and management alike. So I'm interested to see. For sure. Also, side note, you know how they do foreign excursions in NJPW? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like AEW would be perfect way to like, hey, send some guys over here as part of this excursion program. I'm you know? really hoping that this pay-per-view and the kind of crossovers that they've been doing are a way of kind of testing the waters and also mending fences a little bit because I do mm-hmm. think there was some hurt feelings from Omega leaving and like the way all of that went down. Uh, and you know, it's odd to me that there haven't to date been. I and mean, I guess there wasn't much of an opportunity before the pandemic. Yeah. Um, they... But it does seem like it could happen now. Um, and also AW is a bit more established. But yeah, it's less I, risky, I would, you know, I would love to see that. Yeah. So let's move on. Um, let's go to I'm just kind of I'm not going through the order that's on the the thing here. Um, let's go to, well, Osprey versus Orange Cassidy for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Um, we mentioned earlier about the, the six man tag tonight. That was such a fun match. Yeah. Uh, we've, you have two. Aussie Open really won me over. Like. They're big too. They're big boys. I just, I always forget how much better uh, NJPW wrestlers are at selling broadly than American wrestlers. Like it's some of the, the ways that they took those moves, like the way that um, the, the little guy from Aussie open crumpled after the orange punch. Like, yep. I've never seen anybody go down that way off of that move. And it made it look so incredibly devastating. Um, And there were a few other spots that were just really, really cool, innovative moves that I haven't seen before. Probably were stolen from Joshi wrestlers because that's what everybody does. But (laughs) um, yeah, really, really cool. How how Orange Cassidy got into like kind of the over-the-top stunner thingy um was super yeah, cool and like really Os- cool. osprey like took a kick or like a clothesline and did like didn't just do like a flip he did like a moonsault like with mm-hmm. like selling it so it's not just that i think they sell better they do it in unique ways that you don't see um and when you have two guys like orange Cassidy and one osprey like is there anyone else in the world who moves the way that they individually do like they're so unique well, they're also, I mean, obviously Orange Cassidy is, but they're both a bit goofy. Yeah. Like, Will Ospreay <laughs> is goofy. I think that's one of the things that fans get annoyed with him about, and one of the reasons why he's never been the top guy in NJPW, despite having all the talent in the world. Like, you can't be goofy like that and, you know, be the guy to take the belt off of Okada or, you know be in that spot and there was a really funny moment where in in the match last week with dax where he sold a chop in a really silly way and you could (laughs) tell that it annoyed dax and he came back and chopped him even harder (laughs) (laughs) it it was like so plain and obvious that dax was like no you're not gonna sell my chops like that you goofy motherfucker (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and I I think you know the rumors were that originally this was supposed to be Osprey versus Andrade, and then when we had mm-hmm. the obvious issues with CMML and AAA, um, I was a little bummed that that match wasn't going to happen. But honestly, I I can't think of a matchup that like I'm more excited about than this, and we got a taste of it tonight just with mm-hmm. kind of the offense that they were able to pull on each other. And God, when Orange Cassidy gives a shit, he really gives a shit. Um, I and, think he's uh, going to try. I think, I think he's, he's going to try. try. I, it's also because he hasn't been on TV. He hasn't been in matches since, what, Revolution, they said tonight? Like, Yeah, well, he I, got chucked out of the ring and introduced Yeah, her. and almost died. Um, it's just ah, it's such a fresh, like, breath of fresh air when you get to see Orange Cassidy wrestle because he's so fucking different. And this match should be a banger. I'm really excited for it. Do you think you think there's any chance Cassidy takes this title off of him? I don't I don't see it. I mean, there's a chance because it's a title that gets moved around a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Like remember Moxley dropped this title to Lance Archer who then turned around and dropped it almost immediately to get it back to Japan. Like mm-hmm. this is the title that moves all the time. It might as well be the 24/7 title. So <laughs> like yeah, I could see Cassidy winning. I also feel like Osprey has been set up more than anyone else as the guy who might do more in AEW in the immediate Well, he's been future. here the longest. Like, he's right. been on TV for about a month now. He literally flew back for a Dominion and then flew back, like, the like, next day to make Dynamite last week. So, yeah, I, I definitely think he could... Maybe they drop in, he comes back in, like, a week or two and, and takes it back, but... um. Cool. Well, let, let's move on. Joel, the four-way. We're getting two four-way championship matches on this card. From AEW having like one triple threat in two years. Um, but I, I'm really excited for this one. It's Pac, Miro, Malachi Black, and the second scariest wrestler in the world, Tamaro Ishii. Um, the Bulldog. <laughs> what, are you, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this? This should be pretty fast paced, right? Like you have three guys who can really move and then you just have Ishii who can just kill you. I mean, don't kid yourself. Ishii can really move too. Like <laughs> he's called the stone pit bull, but it's, he's more like a cannonball the way he moves around the <laughs> ring. Like think back True. to the matches that he had with Kenny Omega in the G one, like mm. the dude can freaking go. Uh, so yeah, I'm really excited about this match. I'm glad Ishii is in it. Um, he's one of my favorites from new Japan. So I'm excited to see him in this match. I have no idea who wins this. This is going to be the all Bulgarian championship, Joel. This is the all Bulgarian championship is due though. Like he was one of the first signings to AEW. He's been around since the beginning. He has all the talent in the world. Dude is a complete and utter workhorse. And he hasn't sniffed gold since being in AEW. I I was gonna pick Pac until Miro's promo tonight. <laughs> like it's just so good. Everything he does is gold. So I I think of the three AEW guys, you really can't go wrong. I don't think Malachi Black and the House of Black really needs a title at the moment. I also think Malachi Black could be a challenger for CM Punk once he's healthy. As like, uh, you're not dropping the title of this guy, but you're going to get a great match and a great story from these two. So I really think it comes down to Pac Ramiro. And honestly, you can't go wrong with either of them. It's both fake. Yeah. So 
Cool. Let's move on. Uh, let's touch on the Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm for the AW Women's World Championship. I don't know if there's really a lot to say here because we've talked kind of talked about it last week, but this should be a banger of a match. Uh, we both kind of talked about the possibility that Thunder Rosa could drop the belt uh, to Tony in this in this match. And honestly, I think I'm fine either way. You know, I'm not really worried about Tony taking this L if she does lose because it just feels different with her booking. She's getting put in big spots constantly. And if Thunder Rosa loses, you know, I don't think that's a bad thing because I think, you know, as a baby phase, she can easily feud with any heel in this company and get something great out of it. So, yeah, they added a little bit of intrigue tonight um, with the post-match stuff after Tony Storm beat Marina Shafir and having uh, Thunder Rosa come out to make the save and then ending in a spot where Tony Storm was holding the belt and kind of they had a little stare down. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed that. And it's a rare like baby face, baby face match that feels kind of compelling. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be a really good match. And um, I'm glad we're not doing predictions because I I got no clue on this one. Really? I I could go either way. (laughs) And this is a weird show, too, because like most of the matches are these like this might be the only one that's not like an interpromotional match. I think it is um, the only one that yeah. is not. So like, yeah, this has had just kind of a regular, normal AWTV build. So yeah, but yep, not really much to say. So let's, uh, let's move on here. Kind of trying to rush through the last five, 10 minutes of the show. Um, Joel, it was announced that the IWGP world heavyweight championship match will be a fatal four way between Jay White, Kazuchika Okada, Hangman, Adam page and Adam Cole. Fuck. Should this be the main event? Like, I know they're doing Tanahashi Moxley as the main event, but I kind of feel like this should be the main event. I mean, I think this is going to be the show stealer. You know, like these four guys, this level of talent, uh, I would argue that all of them are at the absolute peak of their game right now. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, frankly, I don't care who wins, Uh, except that obviously I want Adam Page to win. Like <laughs> you always want Adam Page contractually to obligated to <laughs> root for Adam Page. Uh, well, but, you know, yeah. Joel, I do think this is a match that could be won by an AEW wrestler because I'm spoiling my non-prediction prediction. I I am picking Tanahashi to win the interim AEW championship. So I think you could very temporarily have an AEW wrestler hold the IWGP championship and an NJPW wrestler hold the AEW championship. Um, and I think a Hangman Page winning could be a possibility. I also could see Okada just taking the title back and them having him drop the title at Dominion specifically to gain it back on American soil. But honestly, like you said, it doesn't really matter. Um, this is just going to be an amazing match. And I always forget how big Okada is. Yeah. He's the tallest, biggest person in this match. Yeah. And he makes Adam He's... Cole look really small. <laughs> so, like, when I was first getting into New Japan and I was looking at, like, comparisons, people compared Okada to John Cena. And I was like, well, yeah, but he's not as big as John Cena. And then you look at him and it's like, no, actually, he kind of is. He kind of is. Like, he's built differently. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the same physique. But... Like they're comparable. 
And you do kind of forget that, especially if you only see him wrestle in Japan, where like it's impossible to get a good read on how big or small anybody is. Like I remember the first time I saw Ishii in person and I was like, wait a second, that guy's like five one. <laughs> What's so the fuck? Small. <laughs> um yeah, he's two inches taller than John Cena. Like I just looked up their heights. Okada's listed as six three and Cena's listed as six one. Um so yeah, it's just it's he passes the Orton test, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um and yeah, I, I'm super excited for this match. And we mentioned earlier, like Okada being on the card is a big deal. Like it wouldn't have felt right if Okada wasn't on this show. Um, and I really hope that Forbidden Door becomes an annual thing because, man, they got to run back Omega Okada on American soil one time, one time, yeah, one time. It has to happen. Speaking of Omega, before we get to the title match, I feel like he's got to make some sort of appearance this weekend, right? Just from his connection nice. with NJPW and obviously being an EVP here. Um, also, just his general fondness of Japan in general. Like, even if it's not in character, he just like comes out, waves to the crowd or kicks off the show. Like, I feel like it'd be a like a, it'd be good for him, I think. <laughs> so hopefully we get some Kenny Omega. Maybe he'll maybe he'll be healthy. You know, maybe he has that John Cena gene where he doesn't need to recover. He just back so yeah 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 all right well let's move on to the it's 11 o'clock on my lights went off uh let's move on to the main event tanahashi versus moxley uh i really want tanahashi to win this i really think it would be a cool thing to have tanahashi with the iw uh, with the aw championship i think it would also just be kind of a sign of goodwill towards a uh njpw that Tony's like, you know what? Let's put the title on one of your guys for a few months. I know with the G1, it could complicate things, but, you know, they can work around it. It, it could work. So I think Okada is going to win his title back, and I think Moxley is going to win his title back. Okay. It's boring, boring. but I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> well, luckily uh, we're think, not doing picks on this one because I, I'm going I with the, the wild I think the whole reason that Okada dropped the belt to Jay White was so Jay White could come over and promote Forbidden Door as the champion. Uh, because I, I don't know to what degree Okada speaks English. Um, True. And Jay White obviously is a native English speaker and is able to come over and cut amazing promos. So He's also um, been on TV, what, three straight weeks, Jay White? Like he's able, he's been he was on able to AW be here. television quite a lot because he's yeah. he was one of the first NJPW talents to to show up. He showed up long before Forbidden Door was even announced. Yeah, now that makes sense. Well, you know what? Luckily, we're not doing a picks prediction where you can hold it over. I me hope I'm cause... wrong. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> but yeah, well, we're running long here. I thought we'd <laughs> knock out a shorter episode. Just general thoughts on this pay-per-view as a whole before we uh, we get out of here. I'm stoked. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, like I said, I'm moving on Saturday. So um, internet's supposed to get set up on Friday. So I will have internet at the new place. Uh, and uh, I intend to watch. We'll see what happens. Um, and if I'm not watching live, then I will uh, uh, have to figure out a time to watch it after the fact and catch up because... You know, this is a show I'm very excited about and looking forward to. I don't know how much is going to factor into 
like storylines moving forward. I do think there's a chance that we go back to business as usual once this Mm -hmm. is over with, maybe have a week of aftermath. And then after that, it's back to your regularly scheduled AEW television. Um, I don't know how much this has been exciting the like non-wrestling nerd portions of the Mm -hmm. the AEW fan base um but i mean i'm part of the wrestling nerd faction so i'm excited so that's all i care about yeah i kind of look at this as kind of a gift for the wrestling nerd because you know if you're if you don't follow in njp a lot of wrestling fans also focus really on one brand You know, for a long time when I watched WWE, that's all I watched. It really was kind of 2016, 2017 when I started Mm -hmm. branching out. And that's probably because of you and also because of like NXT was kind of running an indie style show. Mm -hmm. Um, So for the wrestling nerds, this is kind of heaven, you know, and there was a lot of people who were kind of complaining about the build. And I had to keep reiterating. I'm like, dude, this is not about like the stories. This is a interpromotional match. uh, show where there's going to be moments mm-hmm. there's going to be cool matchups you never thought you would see and that's it like you don't have to read into the build like if they if this was like how if this was revolution and we had half the card not finalized until four days before the pay-per-view and a lot of the story like matches not really have any story basis yeah i would be a little concerned to be a little upset but the selling point of this pay-per-view is the fact that we're seeing kazuchika okada on american soil Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're we're seeing Ishii and Miro in a match. Like it's it's about the uniqueness of this, and that it's never hasn't happened since WCW and NJP, NJPW worked together in the nineties. So regardless, this is a big deal, and I can't wait. I'm so excited. Uh, I told Anne like we're going to the beach on Sunday. I'm like we have to be back by like seven o'clock so I can get ready for the Forbidden Door. So mm-hmm. I can't wait. But <laughs> Joel, let's get out of here. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Other Wrestling Show. You can follow us on Twitter at OWS underscore pod. Uh, you can email us at Show at gmail.com. You can find us on Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Anywhere you can get them, we're there. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Uh, and Joel, anything to say before you go to sleep? Because you look exhausted, my man. Join the Dark Order. Join the Dark Order. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling.